stand and clap our hands to the Lord one more time. Come on, he is good to us. Come on, if he's a healer, why don't you just worship him for just a moment? Has he brought you through some fire? Could I get a few apostolics? Has he brought you through a storm or two? I wonder if you could just clap your hands. Let's fill your mouth with praise for just a moment. We worship you, Jesus. We love you, Lord. Remain standing with me for just a moment as we turn to the word of God. And what an incredible presence of God is in this place. Do you feel the Holy Ghost in the house this morning? I feel him here. As you're turning with me to the book of 2 Corinthians chapter 1, as you make your way there, uh, embellish me for just a moment, but there is so many friends in the house. Uh, how many are thankful for good friends? Amen. <laughs> thankful for friends. And uh, it's so good to have my friend Devin Cunningham here. He was the one that was just singing to you. Why don't we give him a hand? And I thank God that he's here from Indianapolis. He was able to come in uh, from for the wedding and stay over. And uh, what an honor it is to have Brother O.C. Marler with us. I told him, I said, I don't understand, Brother Marler. I don't understand how you could be here this morning and I'm the one preaching. I don't understand it. But don't worry, he's going to be here tonight. How many is excited about tonight? He's going to be ministering to us. And I would like to say how excited I am for our associate pastor and my biggest and oldest brother, Ryan French. Aren't you thankful that God has blessed him? What a beautiful wedding it was. And to have so much family here, goodness, there's cousins and aunts and uncles and everybody in between, and we are just so incredibly thankful. Would you give our family a hand and just make them feel welcome? You are welcome here. Amen. And I give our pastor honor, and I never take this opportunity lightly to stand in this pulpit. If you feel the Holy Ghost here, can you say amen? amen. Turn with me to 2 Corinthians chapter 1 and verse 3. It says, Blessed be God, even the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of mercies and the God of all comfort, who comforteth us all in our tribulation, that we may be able to comfort them. Can you say comfort? Which are in any trouble by the comfort wherewith we ourselves are comforted of God. Can you say comfort? For as the sufferings of Christ, can you say uncomfortable, abound in us, so our consolation also aboundeth by Christ. And whether we be afflicted, can you say uncomfortable, it is for your consolation and salvation, which is effectual in the enduring of the same sufferings, which we also suffer or whether we be comforted, it is for your consolation and salvation. One more scripture, Hebrews 11 and 9, reading from the ESV. By faith, he went to live in the land of promise, as in a foreign land, living in tents with Isaac and Jacob, heirs with him of the same promise. I prayed a unique prayer this morning. And I prayed that I would not be able to finish preaching this message today. And I prayed that Jesus would sweep into this place 
and finish this thing for me. And the Lord told me, he said, tell the church that if they'll start the work this morning, I will finish it. And I want to preach to you for a few minutes on this subject, uncomfortable, uncomfortable. Would you lift your hands? Would you set your Bibles down? Would you lift both of your hands? Come on, I need a few people to just get uncomfortable for just a minute, and I need you to... Come on, would you lift your voice right now all over this place? God is stepping into this place. If you will start the work, God will finish the work today. We have heard from God. If you will start this thing right, God is going to finish it this morning. Lord, in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, God, I pray for a supernatural hand of God to sweep into this place. God, I pray that you would do miracles and signs and wonders And I pray, Lord, that we would see people delivered. I pray that people would run to this altar this morning and be filled with your spirit. And we'll give you all the glory and the honor and the praise for it. If you believe that God is going to do great things in this place, would you put your hands together one more time? And would you shout hallelujah? Amen. Look at your neighbor, smile real awkward, give him a high five and tell him it's about to get a little uncomfortable in here. It's going to get a little uncomfortable. Hang on. Hold on. (laughs) You may be seated. We live in a culture of comfort. We love to be comfortable. I pay for comfort. You sacrifice for comfort. We build for comfort. We like to be comfortable when we eat. We like to be comfortable when we study at Starbucks. Founded in 1927, a company had a total revenue of $1.52 billion. In 2017, their net income was $85 million. In just one year of business, they pay over 11,000 employees worldwide, a company called Lazy Boy, made famous by their Comfortable reclining chairs, perfect for your Coca-Cola and popcorn relaxation session after a long day's work. Yeah, we like to be comfortable. We pay more for the car with the heated seats. I can't live without those heated seats. We pay for what we want to comfort us. If I'm honest, I love comfort. And in some ways, comfort, can you say comfort, is a fun commodity. But not when it comes to the kingdom of God. I would go as far to say that comfort is the opposite of calling. I would go even further to say. That the call of God on your life 
will always push you out of comfort. Paul said to the church of Corinth, he said, whether we be afflicted, it is for your consolation and salvation. Paul tells us that God is our comforter. But our calling is somewhat of a discomfort in our lives. He tells us that God will use discomfort to propel you into your calling and into your destiny. And if you don't believe me, let me get real for just a moment this morning. Worship is powerful, but it's uncomfortable to your flesh. Prayer is powerful, but it's uncomfortable. If you don't make time to pray, you will not pray. I feel the Holy Ghost in this house. If you're waiting for the right time when the kids go to sleep, I will be a testimony. They will not go to sleep. Any parents, can you say amen? You have to get uncomfortable. And you have to be tired. You have to pray when you don't feel like it. And you have to pray when it's not comfortable for your schedule. And and you need to fast. Did you know that fasting is uncomfortable? Fasting doesn't feel good. Faithfulness is powerful. But faithfulness is not comfortable. And being somewhere on time and doing it week after week and day after day and you're tired and you're fed up and you're discouraged and it's thankless, but God says if you'll do it, I will bless you. Shouting is powerful, but it's uncomfortable. Witnessing is powerful, but it's uncomfortable. P7 clubs and campus ministries are powerful, but it's going to take a student that will get uncomfortable to get it started. How many are thankful for young people that are starting P7 clubs and campus ministries? Thank you. And I'm preaching in the Holy Ghost right now that if you want to be powerful for God, you better be willing to get uncomfortable. And if you would be willing to press into discomfort, God will push you into a ministry and into your destiny. And he will do things in your life that you could not imagine. 
He will place you in situations that you never thought you would stand in. You're going to stand in front of people that you never thought you'd even have their phone number. But I wish I could get some apostolics to tell me right now that they're willing to press just a little bit. Would you clap your hands for just a moment? Would you get uncomfortable for just a minute? Would you stir yourself from just a minute? Because I'm telling you something on the other side of that clap, on the other side of that shout that made your throat hurt, on the other side of that hand that got a little tired, there's a miracle! There's a promise on the other side! Oh, somebody shout hallelujah! told the Lord last year, I'm not happy with comfortable worship services. I'm uncomfortable with comfortable worship. I'm tired of leading worship all across the movement where only 30% worships. I feel the Holy Ghost here today. Because 70% got comfortable and 30% decided they wanted to move the heavens and unloose things in the heavens. I'm telling you right now, if we could get 100%, that would just get this thing going. If we could just get 100% of some people that said, I can sleep when I get home. I can relax when I get home. But I'm in the house of God. You've got a couch at home. You've got a bed at home. It, the, the pew is not a couch. The pew is not a bed. The pew is the house of God. But I've come with good news for somebody this morning. That when you push past discomfort. Past the tiredness. Past the fatigue. Yes. Brother Marler, how old are you? 84. 84. 84. He said 104 or 84. He's not sure. 84. If Brother Marler can get up here and scream and shout, shame on us 20-year-olds that sit here like nothing is happening, like nothing's working. <laughs> It's not comfortable when he gets up there and shouts. It's not comfortable when he has to stand up there for an hour. But he says, Jesus, I'll get uncomfortable because you've called me to do something. You called me to do something. But past that is this anointing. And past the fatigue and the tiredness and the long week and everything you went through, there's this comfort that comes from heaven on the other side. You'll never find it before discomfort. You'll never see it before discomfort. But when you push past it, there's something that lives on the other realm of comfort. There's something in the spirit world that will only move for people that get uncomfortable. 
and push themselves past something. John 14 and verse 26 says, but the comforter, which is the, can you say that for me? The Holy Ghost. How many is thankful for the Holy Ghost this morning? Listen, I was up till 3 a.m. the other night. I was here all day yesterday. When I got here, I wasn't just tired. I was tired. I was tired. But something happened when the Holy Ghost swept into this place. And the comforter came and moved on us. It says, whom the Father will send in my name. He will teach you all things. There's some things you can't be taught until you get uncomfortable. And I'll bring you all things. There's some things he won't bring you until you get uncomfortable. To your remembrance, there's some things God did for you that you'll never remember until you get uncomfortable and he said whoever I have said unto you there's some things God won't say to you until you get uncomfortable but I wish a few apostolics would lift your hands up to heaven and for just a moment would you lift an uncomfortable praise would you lift an uncomfortable shout would you do something that doesn't feel good for just a minute and when you do that something's gonna feel good something's gonna feel right you see, when you push past discomfort, he gives you his comfort. You may be seated. I was preaching in another state years ago, and I was preaching a youth revival Wednesday, Saturday, Sunday, and I was checking into my hotel, and I was checking in. I was wearing a button-up and, and some jeans, and I was checking in that Friday night, a few hours before service, to get ready, and I was tired. I had a long day. I drove six, seven hours to get there, and I was tired. And I'm there, and I check in. There's a lady. She's about maybe 40, 45 years old. She's the lady that works in the lobby, checks people into the hotel, comfort suites. <laughs> Y'all evangelizing can be uncomfortable. Let me tell you about it. When the door opens to the outside and not the inside, you might be an evangelist. <laughs> and I was preaching there, and I, I was checking in. I said, yes, ma'am, I'm just trying to get checked in. She says, sir, are you a preacher? I said, well, yes, I am. How could you tell? I didn't look like a preacher. I had jeans, and I looked like an emergent preacher, but not a Pentecostal preacher. <laughs> Ain't nobody going to be real in the house. And <clears throat> I just made some of you so uncomfortable. Praise God. And I said, yes, I'm a preacher. She said, and right when I said that, 
this tear hit her face. She starts crying. She says, you don't understand. I've been praying that God would save me. And I told God, I said, but I don't know how. And I prayed last night. I said, would you send a preacher? At the time, I'm 19 years old. I'm now in my elder years of 28. Almost a decade ago. And she said, would you tell me how to be saved? And 19-year-old Nathan gets uncomfortable. You mean you want to know right now? I'm 19, I'm just barely saved myself, and I'm. And so I said, listen, yeah, okay, so, so I grabbed this thing called a Bible. I know you have iPads now, but I grabbed this Bible, and I turned to Acts 2.38, and we talked about Jesus' name baptism, and, and we turned to Deuteronomy 6.4, and we talked about how there's only one God, and, and he was prophesied in the Old Testament, and his name was Jesus, and he came. She knew nothing about the gospel. A, a, a clean canvas, she knew nothing. That's a lot of pressure because I'm painting the first picture she'll ever see. And I said, you know, the Bible says you need to be baptized and and it says that, that, that if you'll do that, it says he'll fill you with the gift of the Holy Ghost. And there's one God. His name is Jesus. I'm this 19-year-old kid. I don't have a search for truth. I don't have a Bible study plan. All I have is a relationship with Jesus, a 19-year-old relationship. I'm immature. I don't understand everything. I still don't. And I'm uncomfortable. And I said, if you'll do this, God, God will save you. And she says, okay. So you're saying... I need to be filled with the Holy Ghost with the evidence of speaking in other tongues. That's what you're telling me. I said, yes, God will fill you. You won't have to guess if you've got it. He will fill you. You will speak a language you've never spoken, and this will be the evidence that God has filled you. And she says, okay, I'm ready. And uncomfortable Nathan 19-year-olds, oh, well, listen, 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 Marie. If you'll, if, if you'll come to church on tonight, tonight's Friday night. We're having service tonight. If you'll come to church tonight, God will fill you with the Holy Ghost. And she looks at me and says, no, no, no. I'm ready now. I said, oh, um, are you sure you don't want to come to church tonight? It's really going to be good. Oh, no, I, I have to work tonight. I'm on late shift. I, I, need, I need the Holy Ghost now. And so I said, well, and God hit me upside the head and said, why does she have more faith than you do? I'll never forget it as long as I live. I said, okay, okay, Marie, we're going to pray, and I believe God's going to fill you right here in the hotel. I said, let's get ready. Let's get ready. And I'm just like, Jesus, I need you to show up. I'm standing on your word, Lord Jesus. And, and so 
she said, well, here's the thing. Here's the thing. I have to, I, I can't pray behind the counter. My manager is in the back office right here doing the books. I can't, I can't pray right here. I'd get in trouble. She says, let me, let me just stay on the clock and, uh, and we'll just go out to the front little canopy area. You know, the little canopy where the cars drive up and you unload all your suitcases. And so I said, okay, let's go out there. So we go out there. I told her, I said, listen, the Bible says he's going to fill you. And he gives us some instruction. He says, if you'll lift your hands and if you'll begin to talk to him, just pray, God, fill me with the Holy Ghost. And I said, I just want you to begin to praise him and say, I love you, Jesus. Tell him hallelujah. It says that hallelujah is the highest praise. And she starts praying. And if things aren't uncomfortable enough, a family of 17 pulls up for vacation. And they start unloading everything. They're unloading all their bags. And here's me and Marie right by the 19 suitcases. Help us, Jesus. And she started praying. She said, she said, I feel something. I don't, I'm not worried about the family if you're not. I said, Lord, she has so much faith right now. She started praying. And all of a sudden, before I knew it, she was speaking in tongues as the Holy Ghost began to pour out on us. Later, the church called me. They said, Nathan, did you meet a girl named Marie from your hotel? I said, yes, I did. They said, she just showed up. And we baptized her in the name of Jesus Christ I'm telling somebody today that revival is not comfortable revival is not comfortable having conversations will not be comfortable but if you'll get uncomfortable we're gonna see people filled with the Holy Ghost uh, somebody clap your hands if you got the Holy Ghost somebody shout You can be seated yesterday. I've been going to the same barber for eight years. His name is Jimmy. He's been cutting my hair for eight years. Every time you see how nice my hair looks, I know you think about it every time you see me. That's because of J Jimmy. And Jimmy cuts my hair every year for eight years. I said, Jimmy, I love you, man. You make me look good. I appreciate it. I need all the help I can get. And I've been telling him for years, you ought to come to church, man. You ought to come to church. And a couple years ago, something shifted in Jimmy. He has, he has tattoos everywhere. He usually doesn't look like somebody that you would see maybe walking into the church. But this guy is hungry for God. And a couple years ago, he looked at me and he said, Nathan, would you tell me just a little bit about Jesus? Because I have some friends that worship other gods and I'm really I'm really curious. I've, I've had people tell me that that maybe there is multiple and maybe whatever you do is fine. And and I'm trying to figure that out. But would you tell me a little bit about Jesus? Because I know that you worship Jesus and I know you've told me that Jesus is the only God. And I don't know if that's true. And God is working on him. But yesterday at Brother Ryan's wedding, I walked down the hall. And I looked down this side. And Jimmy was walking down the hall of this church. And no, he doesn't have the Holy Ghost yet. No, he hasn't been baptized yet. But he was here. He was here. I'm telling you, when you get into the presence of God and into the house of God, it 
listen, it took eight years of awkward conversations just to get him in the building. So I'll have another awkward conversation and I'll have another uncomfortable conversation until I see his hands lifted and he's speaking in another language. I'm going to do it until I see it happen because it's not about my comfort. It's not about me. you're here today and you feel some kind of call to ministry would you raise your hand some kind of call some kind of call thank you you can lower your hand God has called some powerful people in this room and if your ministry is limited by your comfort level you might need to check the calling level because when you're called by God it's not comfortable. When you work for God, it's not comfortable. God's call on your life is more important than the comfort on your life. David was a skilled musician, but he was young and he's still learning. And I'm sure he wasn't comfortable with playing in front of Saul. But when the king calls you, you go. Whether you're comfortable or not, when the king calls, you go. Comfort will stunt your calling. And if you decide to live within the prison of your comfort zone, you will not fulfill the call of God on your life. Let me introduce you to two people who will never do anything for God. Their names are Netflix and Chill. You'll never accomplish anything for God with Netflix and Chill. Because the couch and the comfort level will never propel the kingdom of God. If your best friends are Hulu and Amazon, you won't accomplish much for God. Our son Judah is two years old, and the other day he started grabbing at his legs, Daddy, Daddy, and he's crying, he's like, Daddy, what's wrong? Daddy, legs. And I looked at his legs, didn't see anything, everything looks fine. And it hit me all of a sudden that Judah was going through growing pains. Because growth always requires discomfort. When you grow in God, it always requires discomfort. Anybody want to grow in God this morning? Luke 1 and 30, Brother Jinx, I apologize, I did not send this to you, but it says, The angel said unto her, Fear not, Mary, for thou hast found favor with God. Mary, you're going to have a son. His name will be Jesus. And he tells her, the angel tells her over and over again, he says, he says, you have favor 
with God. Mary's in her mind, but, but God, this is going to be the most uncomfortable nine months of my life. This is going to be the hardest nine months that I've ever gone through physically. And the angel keeps telling her over and over again, listen, Mary, you have favor with God because the angel is telling her that the favor of God can still be on you in the midst of discomfort. The angel was telling her, don't confuse discomfort for lack of favor in your life. See, sometimes we're going through something and we think, what's going on? How's this happening? I'm not blessed. And we're in the hardest season of our life. We're being beaten left, right, front, back, every which way. And the angels of God are saying, that's favor. How could this be? How could this be that you have favor? Because you can't confuse discomfort with disapproval. They're not the same thing. I feel the Holy Ghost in this house right now. And he said, listen, Mary, you're going to have a son. This is going to be the hardest thing you've ever been through. But on the other side of that pain and on the other side of travail and on the other side of that is going to be Jesus. If you can just push past your uncomfortable, you're going to see Jesus. I'm telling you, stop, stop confusing discomfort for disapproval because on the other side of discomfort you're going to see Jesus you're going to see the Savior you're going to see the Messiah somebody clap your hands and give them praise Samuel anoints David to be king and the Bible says he poured the horn of oil over David's head to anoint him And God has called David to be king. He's talented. He's handsome. He's capable. He's everything. But none of that mattered until he was anointed. 1 Samuel 16 and 13. Samuel took the horn of oil and anointed him in the midst of his brethren. And the spirit of the Lord came upon David from that day. I don't know about you, but having oil poured over my head sounds extremely uncomfortable. Anointing requires the willingness to experience discomfort. Willingness to experience discomfort for his glory is what differentiates the talented from the anointed. I want to be anointed. How about you? I want to be anointed. And only after David was anointed, do you see in 1 Samuel 16 and 16, but the Lord now command thy servants which are before thee to seek out a man who is cunning player on the harp. And it shall come to pass when the evil spirit from God is upon thee that he shall play with his hand and thou shalt be well. Evil spirits were not cast out because David 
was talented. Evil spirits were cast out because David was anointed. And when discomfort catapults you into the anointing, evil spirits start having to move out of your way. There's some people in here with so much power inside of you right now. Would you lift your hands for just a moment? For just a minute, would you lift up your voice right now? And you ought to push some devils out of your way. Get out of my way. Get out of my way. I'm anointed. I'm not just talented. I'm anointed. I don't break the yoke because I'm talented. It's because I'm anointed. Get out of my way. Anointing doesn't come from me. It comes from God. I'm speaking from his authority. I'm speaking from his word. Listen up, hell. Listen up, Satan. Listen up, demons. I'm not talking by my authority. I'm standing in the anointing. The anointing doesn't come from me. See, you came to mess with me. But what you really did is you came and you messed with heaven. And because you messed with heaven, you got to step aside. You can be seated. Musicians, come. I was preaching in another state. And I was preaching on the woman with the issue of blood. And I gave the altar call. It's about the woman that pressed her way to Jesus. She suffered from an issue of blood. I was preaching and I gave the altar call. I was maybe 20 years old, maybe 21. And I gave the altar call and I said, let's, let's, let's stand, let's pray. I believe God's going to move on us. Let's press our way to him. And I felt the spirit of God move in that place. But I moved my eyes to the right, and there was a woman there. And I can't forget her face because she was going after Jesus. And while 90% of the room was comfortable, she was uncomfortable. And I remember I looked at her, and something hit her. And she said, Jesus! crowd just looked at her. But something hit her again. She wasn't really worried about what anybody thought. But she needed something from God. And they looked at her uncomfortably and she said, Jesus, thou son of David, have mercy on me. And the Lord hit me and said, 
Next time she says Jesus, I want her to have everybody lift your hands. And I said, if you guys will pray, if you will lift up your hands and shout, if you will get uncomfortable like she is, God is going to press us into the anointing in this place. And 10% turned into 100%. Everybody stood. Everybody lifted their hands. And we began to pray, Lord, unleash your anointing in this place. Unleash your fire in this place. God, unleash your presence and your favor in this place.